Coming up on the In the Left Lane podcast, we take a quick look back at Arkansas's slight loss to A&M. We recap the bye week, talk injuries, and preview a big, big matchup against Kentucky where both the Wildcats and the Razorbacks try to snap an SEC losing streak. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to the In the Left Lane podcast brought to you by Hogbeat.com, the Arkansas Rivals site. I'm Nikki Chavanel, the managing editor, and I'm here with Andrew Hutchinson, our lead team reporter. We're going to expand the podcast a little bit this week, talk Arkansas football, obviously, some hoops, and a bunch of recruiting, and get to all your mailbag questions that you sent in this week. Thank you for those. Um, starting off with a little recap of what happened against AM, it was yet another heartbreak. I believe it was the eighth straight loss to A&M. Um, we had Nick Starkle get injured, but he's back now. Ben Hicks had a really good performance, but not quite enough to earn him pretty much any consideration to start this week. Uh, let's play a, a quick clip of what Nick Starkle had to say about the big hit that, that took him out of the game uh, on Saturday against A&M. Um, you know, biggest takeaway from that play would probably just be, you know, don't throw it to the other team. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about <laughs> tackling all we want, I shouldn't be having to make a tackle. I shouldn't be making that mistake. And uh, that's on me. That's me, you know, making a bad play worse, uh, in my opinion. And that's just, you know, something that I get better at and something that we've been stressing this whole week. You know, coaches have been stressing and they've been on me. And, you know, I'm, I'm my hardest critic. And so I'm not going to let them be any harder on me than I am on myself. And so you know, I know that that's something. What did you think of his response and how he's kind of owned up to everything so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what you want to hear out of your quarterback is, is a guy that says, you know, of course I'm going to make the tackle, but honestly the tackle should have never happened because, you know, I shouldn't have thrown that interception. And that's been a, a, a key issue for Arkansas. And I know we'll touch on it later, but uh Scoring when they're down that close to the end zone uh, has been an issue, and, and you know if you get points right there, even if even if they don't score a touchdown, you get a field goal there, and then you get a field goal, you know, at the very end of the game instead of having to you know convert that fourth down, uh, you win the ball game because you're you're down four points at the end. So uh, I thought that that was a, a huge uh, play and point in the game, but you know, hey, props to props to Ben Hicks for coming in and, and really giving them a chance. So. Arkansas lost 31-27 uh, to A&M, and now they have to go back on the road to Lexington to face Kentucky for the first time since 2012, I believe. And, uh, you know, it's a very unfamiliar opponent for Arkansas. Luckily, Nick Starkle did actually play Kentucky last year um, with A&M. I'm not sure how much he actually played in that game, but, you know, you go through the game prep and all that stuff. Uh, but the, the players seem to have bounced back pretty well from the A&M loss. They got the bye week to the open week, whatever you like to call it. Um, they got that time to process what happened and game plan for Kentucky. Um, man, that bye week was kind of like a, like a momentum killer because I felt like they proved a lot in the A&M game. Like they showed that they weren't going to go down. They lost their starting quarterback. They still continued to fight. Uh, they couldn't 
you know, obviously convert on that final fourth down. Uh, but a lot of good things Arkansas showed in that week, and I, and I kind of wish that they'd had the opportunity to just go right into the next week and, and play another game. But they did have a chance to get a lot of guys healthy. Um, well, how much progress do you think Arkansas can make after that bye week? Well, I think that you hit on it right there. The biggest thing was they were able to get healthy. That was something Chad Morris mentioned multiple times throughout his press conference, uh, both Monday and Wednesday. Uh, you know, they were without last week. They were without Mike Woods and Trey Knox the entire week of practice. Uh, would they have been able to play on Saturday if they needed to? Maybe, uh, but it was good for them to get that week and get healthy because you know those are two really key guys on the offense. And you know there were several other guys too. You know. Uh, Cheyenne O'Grady, the tight end, and, and running back Rakeem Boyd were both a little banged up. Uh, they probably would have been able to play, but now they're closer to 100% than they were. So I think it was really good for, for all of those guys to get healthy. And this is really going to be one of the, the first few times that we've seen you know, Nick Stark at quarterback with O'Grady, with Mike Woods, with Trey Knox with Traylon Burks, you know they've they've all been kind of banged up at various times, you know, through the early part of the season. So I, I'm anxious to see what this offense looks like with with all those pieces out there. There's still a few guys who are questionable for this weekend. Um, Ty Clary, he was in green, but um, sitting out live period. But we believe there's a, like a one percent chance he doesn't actually play on Saturday. So we got the center who has been much improved even though his grade against A&M was exceptionally low. I was very confused by that. Maybe they weighted plays that, you know, cost them the game more heavily and in those he didn't do well. Do you do you think that because we don't know what the pro I mean, football focus I would have to measures. go back. I would have to go back and actually watch the film cuz I mean, it, it's one of those things where it I didn't think the offensive line did that bad uh, but the thing was as you mentioned down the stretch you know that last drive it seemed like Ben was was running for his life he did take a sack uh, things like that but you know overall Clary you know he, I think he's been the top graded offensive lineman so far through five uh, five games for Arkansas uh, so I mean it may have just been a, a, a bad game I mean that was a that was a team that had uh, a lot of talent up front but of course they're going to be going up against some um, really large uh, defensive lineman against Kentucky this weekend, so it'll be it'll be an interesting matchup to watch uh, whenever we uh, whenever they suit up uh, Saturday night. And then another offensive line guy who's questionable is Colton Jackson, and that that's pretty problematic because they didn't play Myron Cunningham, his replacement, at all against A and M. So who knows how ready he is to step into a really really big game. Yeah, they really missed Colton in that San Jose State game. You know, who would have thought that that would have been a, a game that missing Colton Jackson would matter that much? But Myron played, you know, every snap that game, I believe, uh, and kind of kind of struggled. I think he gave up four or five pressures that game. Uh, you need better performance out of your left tackle, uh, protecting the blind side of the quarterback. So uh, if if Myron is forced into action, you hope that he will will be able to perform better. Uh, than he did in that game. We also don't know the status of Devall Whaley, who wasn't out on the field during the open periods that we saw of practice on Wednesday. What does Arkansas do without their number two back if Whaley isn't healthy enough to play? I think you might see a little bit more T.J. Hammonds, uh, just based on kind of watching how they've handled the, the reps at 
the the limited viewing period we get to watch, it, it seems like T.J. Hammonds is still ahead of Amante Spivey, the what true if, freshman. What about Chase Hayden? Do you do you up his reps because he had to miss some time yeah. with concussion protocol? As yeah, well. and he seemed to be back this week, you know, full go. Uh, so maybe maybe you see a little bit more of Chase Hayden, but I, I just feel like they. They like what T.J. Hammonds brings to the table. I don't, I've never really thought T.J. Hammonds was a true between-the-tackles runner, but neither is Chase Hayden. Uh, none of those guys are, are quite the same style as Dev Wall-Whaley. Uh, your, your main hope is that Rakeem Boyd stays healthy enough to take all of the significant, big, you know, most important snaps of the game. Uh, but you know, he's, he's a guy that's been banged up here and there and, and hasn't been able to necessarily finish uh, games, although he's he's done a better job this year, so that, that's what you got to hope games, for. But he's not been finishing drives. Yeah, you know, like I think he only has one or two touchdowns this season so far, and that's that's crazy for your starting. Which right is more now. than he had last year, which is oh. I think he only had like one or two last year too. I think he's already matched it or something like that. He, he just you're right. I mean, he doesn't really finish drives, and that's the most infuriating thing is whenever they get down to the red zone. Uh, they they turn to Dev Whaley and he just hasn't been very effective in the short yardage situations like you'd hope he, hope he would be. Um, another guy who is injured and slash coming back, um, Jordan Jones. Jordan Jones, wide receiver, junior wide receiver, he had his ankle surgery during fall camp and he still hasn't been able to make it back even though there was a chance he'd make it back for A&M and then you know he had the bye week to continue getting healthy and then this week he's still out there limping luckily you know he hasn't played all season so what is Arkansas really missing at that point I mean to me it doesn't make that much of a difference maybe but I think he would help Uh, I think he I mean he is still the fastest guy on the team and he could provide a vertical threat does that mean he's going to catch five or six balls in a game? Probably not. He's probably good for a couple of catches. Maybe you hit him on a deep ball once or twice. Uh, but he, he would help. Uh, I, I really thought he was he was on track to play. I mean, he'd been in green for the last couple of weeks. He'd been running, making cuts, looking fine. And then all of a sudden he wasn't at practice Tuesday. And then he was out there yesterday or on Wednesday just – not running full speed, very slow, kind of limping. Uh, so I, I think that he must—he must have had a, a setback. And I know Joe Craddock actually mentioned that you know he was a little sore after the practice the other day. It sounds like he may have had had that setback, and you know who knows? Maybe maybe he's able to still come back at some point this year. He doesn't have a red shirt available. He's already redshirted, so it's not like you have to worry about the four-game rule. Uh, I guess he could take a medical if he doesn't play in any games, but I. I feel like they're hopeful that he'll be able to come back for maybe maybe most of the second half of the season. So if you don't take Jordan Jones and he's not ready to play, who are the seven wide receivers that you definitely take? Well, you got your two stud freshmen in Knox and Burks. You got Mike Woods. Uh, it seems like Coylan Jackson has come on strong. Mm-hmm. Davion Warren seems to be back from a concussion now. Uh, Tyson Morris uh, is a, a true fre- uh, a former uh, walk on uh, seems to be playing well, and then I'm Tyson sure, Morris. Well, I just mentioned Tyson oh, Morris. <laughs> yeah, that's who I just <laughs> former walk on. Okay. Got well, it. there's Coylan. Gotcha. Um, and then did you say Davion already? Davion. Uh, oh goodness, who who are we forgetting? We're forgetting <laughs> TQ somebody. Jackson. Well, TQ Jackson. Yeah, that's a guy that you could probably bring too. So, and then you know TJ Hammonds probably counts as kind of half a running back, yeah. half a receiver. So I think that's your seven is is Burks, uh, Knox, Woods, Morris, 
Jackson and Jackson. And, Jackson. Uh, and so I think I think that's you, you've got a pretty good group, and a lot of those guys they they play their starters quite a few snaps. They they don't rotate maybe as much as I feel like they did uh, during the, the at the beginning of the season yeah. and even last year. So. I think it'll. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good group right there. Yeah, you want to have your starters separating themselves as the guys. So uh, I, I don't mind them playing them so many snaps. I, I feel like that's good, but it's it's not led to a lot of scoring, um, and that leads us to the biggest issue I think that they've been focusing on since the A and M game, and that is executing in the red zone. Um, let's play a clip from. Joe Craddock and what he had to say about executing this week. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it, I think the biggest thing is we've got to quit turning it over. I mean, um, that's the that's the main thing is, you know, just doing what we do. Again, everything kind of condenses when you, the closer you get in the goal line, obviously. And so, um, you know, we've got to be able to make plays on the perimeter, get the ball outside a little bit more. But the main thing is just taking care of the ball and understanding that, hey, every drive ends with a kick. That's our mentality. You know, it's okay to punt at times, uh, but down in the red zone, it's okay to take a field goal as well, take those points. And I think if we did that last week, I think we have an opportunity to win the game. So Arkansas is one of the worst teams in the red zone so far this season through five games. They've had 20 trips inside, and they've scored just 13 times, nine touchdowns, and four field goals. If you think about it, that's quite a lot of points they've left up on the board. And how many picks has Nick Starkle thrown in that area? I, I want to say it's like three or four. Three. It, yeah. So there's a lot of work that they can do there. And what do you think the problem has been mostly? Well, I think Joe Craddock just hit it on the head with the, the taking care of the ball. Uh, they most I mean three of the seven times they haven't scored it's been because of an interception and that that's a really high number uh, usually you think that when you're not converting in the red zone maybe it's because you you needed to go for it on fourth down and you didn't get it we saw that at the end of the Texas A&M game uh, we saw I think against uh, maybe maybe San Jose State or Colorado State one of those games uh, and then uh, or maybe you miss a field goal. Well, Connor Limpert has been phenomenal as as he has been, so it's not that. Uh, what's happening is is they are just turning the ball over, and you know you, it happened. The second pass he ever threw for the Razorbacks was an interception in the red zone against Portland State. That should have been a red flag, I guess. Uh, but sure enough, he he did it again. It, one of his five interceptions against San Jose State were in the red zone. Uh, then he had the critical one that we've already talked about. Uh, at, against Texas A&M that have really hurt Arkansas. You think about it, those are all very tight games. Arkansas only beat Portland State by seven. You get points there, you feel a little bit more comfortable about that game. Uh, then maybe you get points against uh, San Jose State or Texas A&M, and that, that completely changes those games. So uh, very critical, critical things, and, and I think it's great that Nick has, has taken ownership of it, and, and hopefully that he recognizes it and he, he learns to hey, if it's not there, don't force it, and hey, worst case scenario, we get three points. Yeah, uh, that's obviously something they need to fix, and then I think the secondary and you know limiting how much teams can pass on them is really going to help them um, and get the offense back on the field. Luckily, Kentucky has struggled mightily in the passing game with Sawyer Smith back there. Um, Looking ahead to this Kentucky game, it's obviously a really big game for both teams. Um, 
Kentucky has lost to Florida in a very tight game, Mississippi State and South Carolina, and then Arkansas has lost to Ole Miss and A&M. So both teams have a lot to prove, and they've played kind of up and down. I think Kentucky's issue is a little bit more simple. I mean, I think they would be a much better team if, if Terry Wilson hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, I think that because their offensive line is pretty good. Uh, they, they've graded out pretty well. But that defensive line is definitely a scary thing for Arkansas to face this week. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, to, I mean, even if to the quarterback situation at Kentucky, even if Sawyer Smith hadn't been hurt as much as he's been, I mean, he's gotten a different injury in the last three games, and you take away those, and he probably plays well. He's probably not the 130th out of 130 starting quarterbacks by pro football focus this week. Uh I think that's a little bit unfair to him because of of how banged up he's been, and you know he's completed like oh thirty five percent of his passes the last two games out. That that's just crazy for an SEC quarterback, especially when he's got some some pretty good targets that he's throwing the ball to. You know Lynn Bowden, who mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute, and you know they got a former basketball player that's playing and has a good chance of going up and getting fifty fifty balls. So a mod something. What is it? Uh, Wagner maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So. Uh, they've they've got talent. Uh, of course, most of their talent is is on that offensive line. They've got a former five star recruit, uh, Kentucky, getting a five star. How about that? Yeah. Uh, rare, rare. Exactly. Time for uh, but and they they've been playing really well uh, up front, and I think that gives them a chance. If Sawyer Smith is healthy, uh, I think he's he's a guy that it is capable of of maybe picking on Arkansas secondary. Not that I don't read every single one of your stories, but I just found this tidbit about how Myron Cunningham and Lynn Bowden played in high school together? Yeah. What? Yeah, Warren G. Harding in, in Ohio. That's nuts. That's crazy to me. Um, so let's play a clip from Chad Morris on Lynn Bowden, who he just seems very much enamored with. Well, I mean, you, you know, you'll watch, you know, through the recruiting process, you'll see him. and, and um, But the, the thing that sticks out more than anything is, is how dynamic he is with the ball in his hands. I mean, he's electric, whether he's returning kicks uh, at wide receiver. I mean, they do a great job of of trying to get the ball to him. Um, And now, you know, I'm sure he'll line up some at quarterback. Uh, He'll line up at running back. He'll line up back at wide receiver. He'll be all over the field, and we're prepared for that. Uh, But uh, the guy is is definitely a difference maker. Very impressive to watch. So he's obviously a very big threat that Arkansas is going to have to watch out for. But Arkansas has their own threats in the wide receiver core and I'm mainly talking about the freshman wide receiver receiver duo leading the nation right now you wrote a story on them uh, how far apart are they from the team with the next highest freshman receiving duo you know I probably need to check that stat again because that I wrote that during the open week for yeah, Arkansas I, and it might not stand there there was a I think there was a tandem in the the Mac or I guess Central Michigan or one of the directional Michigans count that uh, was was pretty close they had a couple of guys that were only a, a few receptions and a few yards back so i have no idea if they played on saturday if they did they likely went ahead but ne- needless to say we could still say that those two guys are one of the best and arguably the best especially when you look at only power five uh, what they've done this year has has far exceeded my ex- expectations and they're only five games into the season Coming up after this quick break, I have Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated ready to answer some of the 
burning Kentucky questions I had this week. Up in Kentucky, they make a whiskey they call a Kentucky straight whiskey. And up in Kentucky, I married a woman that I bet she's a better woman than that whiskey is whiskey. I call her my Kentucky straight. All right, guys, I've got Justin Rowland here from CatsIllustrated.com, the Rivals Kentucky site. Justin, how long have you been covering the Cats, and what what is this era felt like for Kentucky with last year's, you know, historical high and, and, and this year off to a, a mediocre start. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Nikki. Um, I've been covering Kentucky for five years now, the publisher of Cats Illustrated for four years, and, you know, it's been it's been a pretty exciting last uh, two years. Uh, last year was obviously the best football season Kentucky's had in 40 years since 1977, 10-3 for Kentucky football. There are some fans that are like, well, this is what we should be. And I'm like, well, no, nothing in history says that. Like, this is this is the aberration. You better enjoy it. These are the golden years. And uh, a lot of people around the country expected Kentucky to take a step back because the familiar names like Benny Snell and Josh Allen left, and they said, well, they're obviously not going to sustain that success. And I think a lot of Kentucky fans said, we actually return more than people think. And they looked at the schedule and said, that's actually a really manageable schedule. But the injuries at the quarterback position have really thrown a wrench in everything. And it's tough to assess the team because the quarterback play has been so bad the last two weeks in particular. Yeah, I definitely get that for sure. Arkansas has been much the same over here. Um, what are you guys kind of, or the Cats, what are what are they game planning for the most for Arkansas and what's the biggest threat that you guys see? Well, I mean, I think that the biggest threat from Arkansas would be that they would obviously try to block out the, the SEC losing streak and they would say, is this a team that's getting better? Because I, I haven't watched a lot of Arkansas in the last couple of years, but I did watch the game against Texas A&M, and the question everybody around Kentucky is asking is, is this the sign of a team that's starting to get better? I know that the offense has, has been somewhat better, but the points haven't always been there. Um, maybe not as opportunistic as they need to be, but if, if that team that played in Jerry World comes to Lexington, it's going to be a tough game to win. Or was that the case of, you know, Arkansas always plays well in this game? And are they going to come back to the level that they were at before the A&M game? And I don't think Kentucky knows. But, you know, I'll say aside from Arkansas, if the quarterback play is as bad for Kentucky as it was against Mississippi State, South Carolina, they're not beating Arkansas. And they have to hope that Sawyer Smith is a lot more healthy than he was in those games. It looks like he probably is, but he better be. I saw that the offensive line has given up something like 11 sacks this season. How much of that has been? you know, their deficiency versus the quarterback just not getting rid of, the, rid of the ball fast enough. Yeah, the offensive line is actually a really good unit. Um, Sawyer Smith uh, has, has had a problem of holding on to the ball. Okay. And he's not as mobile as Gary Wilson was last year. He was very he, – he had a lot of escape ability, I guess you could say. And uh, Sawyer Smith can run for a first down, but he's been slow to get rid of the ball. He's been slow on his reads. It's been slow coming out. His pocket presence, his awareness has not been fantastic. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's primarily what that is. This is, this is. The offensive line is clearly the strength of the team. If you look at the pro football focus player grades, I think the top five offensive players for Kentucky are offensive linemen. So um, they have to hope that they win the battle in the trenches on Saturday. And defensively, 
Have y'all been a better run team or run defense team or, or pass coverage team? And I, I would say the one thing about this year's defense is there's nothing that they do extremely well. Okay. You can't point and say they're they're elite in any area, but they're also not really bad in any area. They've given up a lot of rushing yards over the last two two weeks, but a lot of that's been there have been so many three and outs by Kentucky's offense. They're just constantly put on the field and in bad positions. Um, this defense returns uh, a lot on the front seven. The defensive line is very deep by Kentucky standards. The linebackers are pretty athletic. The secondary has been the surprise of the defense. They lost their top six defensive backs from last year, and they've actually played at a fairly high level. I don't want you to think that this is an imposing defense. It's not mm-hmm. one of the best defenses in the SEC, but it's a, it's a pretty sound defense. Do you think that Arkansas and Kentucky should play each other more often? I think so. I think that, you know, Kentucky fan, Arkansas fans probably don't feel the same way about Kentucky, especially after the Malik Monk side right. a few years ago. But um, I think Kentucky fans, they always reminisce about the Arkansas basketball series back in the 1990s, and I think they see a lot of similarities between the two fan bases, kind of kindred spirits in the SEC. And I, I would like, I, every time Arkansas comes to Lexington in football, it's a great game, so I'd like to see it more. I've been reading y'all's boards this week just to kind of try to get a sense of how the fans are feeling about it, but at this point, does it seem like the fans think it's kind of a toss-up? Is it what? Kind of a, a toss-up this week, just yeah, yeah. maybe whoever I, I gives the most effort? It's just so hard to know. I think most people would say, like, if Sawyer Smith comes out and he plays like he did the second half of the Eastern Michigan game, most of the Florida game when he was healthy, I think that's why Kentucky is a touchdown favorite, or was a touchdown favorite. I'm not sure what it is right now, but um, they think Kentucky is probably the superior team if Sawyer Smith is healthy, and I would agree with that. But he's he looked really bad the last two two times out. Mississippi State, he looked injured. He was inaccurate against South Carolina. It was awful. I mean, if you think anything, any quarterback performance by Arkansas in recent years has been bad, this was worse. I mean, he was totally inaccurate errant with the ball, and, and he, he doesn't get it out quickly anyways. I mean, they're talking about going to a receiver behind center if he's not, if he really can't go in this game. So it, it really just comes down to the quarterback position, and really nobody knows what the state of that's going to be. All right. Well, thanks so much, Justin. Appreciate you thank taking you. the time. Yeah, thank you. I'll see you. Bye. All right. Thanks a lot. I rode the devil's highway the hellbound interstate but now i'm back at happy shack with my kentucky street another big topic in the bye week and leading into this week is you know we're heading into game six a bunch of freshmen that we thought might play haven't seen the field yet um who are the guys that you think could maybe get in the game if arkansas separates enough this week you know, I don't, whether or not they separate enough or not, I, I think that uh, we're going to see a little bit more of, of Jalen Catalan. That's a guy we, we've seen a little bit of, kind of, sort of. I mean, he's played four snaps this year, according to Pro Football Focus. Two of those were on a couple of kneel downs. Uh, really only two meaningful snaps, so you really can't get much out of that. Uh, I think we're going to see him at some point during an actual meaningful series uh, based on what uh, you know, Coach Cooper said, you know, safety's coach. Uh, he said that he's going to pick a series and say, hey, you're going in the second series of the second half, and that's no matter what, he's going to go in there. Uh, he's a guy that we really thought was going to be a, a heavy contributor, as, as highly as Chad Morris talked about him. He, he threw his name around with guys like Vince Young. So 
A uh, little surprised we haven't seen him yet. Uh, another guy that we, we could see uh, that's apparently made the travel roster, uh, still not convinced he's actually going to get in the game against Kentucky, is, yeah. is Malik Chavis. Yeah, Arkansas is really tentative, especially on defense and putting in those, those true freshmen. I think Chavis just he clings to those starters because he really believes that they're the best players and he doesn't even want to give the other guys a chance. But Malik Chavis, I mean, when he was a recruit, he was heralded as a very talented, just overall athlete. And I think Arkansas could use more of that on the defense. Yeah, I, I, I really thought he was going to be a wretcher, and it wouldn't have surprised me if he doesn't play in any game this year. Just based on my conversations with uh, Coach Toddy, uh, his coach down at Ryzen, a uh, very old school guy, you know, he, he was telling me, I mean, he was very upfront saying, you know, I think Malik, the thing exci that's exciting about him is he hasn't really had a full off-season weight training program because when he's done playing football, he goes and plays basketball, then he goes and plays baseball, he runs track. I mean, he plays all the sports down there, and he really hasn't had a full year to focus on football, and I think he was thinking that he would develop during this first year and then maybe be a guy that could, they, ca they could count on two, three years down the road because he's got a, a boatload of talent. It seems like he's developed within these, you know, fall camp and within these first six weeks because he's even seemingly passed up Devin Bush on the depth chart at corner. So that's surprising because Devin Bush was an early enrollee. Uh, so I guess he's, you know, picking things up pretty quickly and uh, he's been going up against Day Day Bishop in drills and stuff, and and I think both of those guys just need to continue getting reps. And Malik Chavis needs to get his first reps of the game, obviously. And then KJ Jefferson is traveling this week, as they try to do most weeks. But he he didn't go to A and M, uh, and a lot of people during the game were like, "Put in KJ, put in KJ." Well, KJ was not there, so uh, this week he'll be traveling. I'd be excited to see him in some kind of wildcat situation, but I'm just not sure he's ready to throw quite yet. Yeah, based on everything we've seen, which again is not very much. Uh, but, Craddock, but Craddock went in a little bit more. Yeah, detail. Craddock yeah. did. Yeah, Craddock did kind of give us some more insight on what he needs to do, and it, it is some more technical things that will improve his accuracy. And and that was something that I was kind of concerned about. You know, having watched him uh, in a game in high school. And then again, watching him during uh, fall camp and during a little bit of time we get to watch during the week, it just seemed like his, his passes weren't as crisp as, say, Nick Starkle or even Ben Hicks or John Stephen Jones. People, people just get enamored with the highlights, and that oh. is just that. It's your highlights. You don't see the bad balls. And plus, just I think they know his potential. Mm -hmm. I think he has a high ceiling. Like His ceiling is much higher than a Ben Hicks or a, you know, a, a John Stephen Jones just because he has that added dimension of being a runner. He's a true dual threat guy, and I think he, he can beat that for Arkansas. I just don't know if it's this year. Maybe we see him in the four. I, I would be stunned if it's more than four games. I think he's going to redshirt this year. Uh, but in those four games he does play, I think we'll probably see more of the running ability than maybe the passing ability You know, at, at this stage of his career. I mean, even if he was you know, ready to throw passes and stuff, it, he has that element where the other guys really don't. I mean, John Stephen Jones can move his legs a little bit, but Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle, you really cut out that kind of part of the game entirely. Yeah, and if you just look at KJ, he looks like a dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, this game, in my opinion, comes down to who wants it more. Because Arkansas has been so up and down so far that 
at the end of the day, I think it's just going to come down to wanting it more and executing at, at as high a level as you possibly can. Uh, the one disadvantage that they'll have is, you know, being in Lexington. But do you think that plays as big of a factor as some people think? Well, it is on the road, and I don't think it's not a hostile environment like you would have at Alabama or even like a place like Mississippi State with the cowbells yeah. or anything like that. It, but it is a road game. I think there's a mental aspect to that. Uh, you know, I know some of the guys. I think Monteric Brown had mentioned. You know, he likes going on the road because it's you know everyone against us. And but I, I just for them to go and win a game like this, they're going to have to show me they can do it before I, I believe it. I, I just, I'm very skeptical. Maybe it's because I've covered this team. This is like my eighth straight year covering this team, and it's been one of the worst stretches in, in school history. But until they can prove to me that they have the ability to go on the road and, and not just that, but just to win a game that they're capable of winning, I'm not quite confident they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, and, and you got some <laughs> threats on the message board, playful obviously, but people are going to come burn your truck for picking against the Hogs. But this, I mean, Kentucky is a seven-point favorite. It's, it's perfectly reasonable to say that Arkansas could lose this game. I personally think that this is the one. I mean, I, I think there are other teams they could possibly beat, maybe like Mississippi State, but... Arkansas needs this so badly right now. They're going to host Auburn next weekend. They're going to have a bunch of recruits here. The least they could do is have one SEC win, and Chad Morris really needs to get that. I haven't won a P P5 game, you know, off his back. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's also one of those games where you run the risk of if they don't win it, do the wheels fall off? We saw that last year with the Ole Miss game. That was a game they could have won and arguably should have won had there not been some key injuries down the stretch, you know, to Rakeem Boyd, Devall Whaley, even Ty Story, you win that game, they probably don't get outscored like 90-6, to six, whatever it was, the last two weeks of the season. Uh, but they, they lost that game. They just completely lost all confidence, you know, moving forward to games. I believe Vanderbilt was after that. Uh, they did beat Tulsa, but again, that was Tulsa. Uh, this game could be a, a big thing into whether or not they they have any type of momentum uh, going forward even before they get to that you know winnable Mississippi State game or even the Missouri game at the end of the year and they're treating this game Jamario Bell said it a lot he said this is the last game of the season that's how they're gonna look at it and if so I, I think they can pull it out um, I don't know if they cover the seven points it might be like a three-point game in my opinion but I do you think Arkansas will come out on top? Do you have a score score prediction? Well, if Arkansas wins, then they cover the spread. So if you if you're a gambler, I know Nikki not not much of a gambler, <laughs> no, but yeah. uh, if if Arkansas wins, they would cover the spread. I, I I see Kentucky winning this game. Now I don't know if Kentucky covers the spread by winning by seven points. I could see it being a three or four point game, kind of like right. the Texas A&M game. Uh, but I I still think. This team has not proven to me that they can win a game like this. Uh, now, maybe they do win this game, and then I have a little bit more confidence picking them moving forward. But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to gonna stick with Kentucky. What was their – actually, their bowl chances went 
a little bit up after the A&M game, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, very bit. slightly. It was under 1% before that game, and now it's a slightly above 1%. Uh, so Ooh. there is still a chance. All I know is we need this win. The board was so dead during the dead during the bye week. It was pathetic. I don't think I've ever seen it that quiet. And I think people are just exhausted of talking about this team and will they be good? Will they not be good? It's it's like ugh, it's exhausting. Moving on, coming up after the break, I'm going to do my recruiting segment and I know there are a bunch of questions from the fans, so we'll get to those coming up. I had looked for satisfaction in the arms of quite a few And I've done everything that I was big enough to do But everywhere I'd see her face from Maine to Golden Gate And I knew that this is where it's at with my Kentucky spring And we rise up every morning with the chickens and every minute we're alive, we're living. I love her so she knows that it was worth her while to wait. Cause I'm happy here with my Kentucky Strays. Okay guys, before I cut Hutch loose, let's get to the mailbag questions you guys sent me most of these are from instagram so thanks guys for one following me and two sending in questions uh we got to this one already kind of um jake dog 87 says hogs win this one right you see that K kentucky south carolina game kentucky was bad um well i reset it i'm hopeful that they can win this one that is my official stance <laughs> and hutch no, sorry. I'm still sticking with uh, Kentucky winning. Now, again, it would not surprise me if Arkansas won this game, but I just don't feel comfortable so picking So you think it. they have the tools to do it? You're just not confident that they can actually execute yes. and do it? Okay. Correct. Fine. That, that's fair. Um, next one, Josh underscore Ob. Are you an Auburn fan or is that your last name? Anyways, K will KJ get any game snaps this season? Um, yes. I think he will. It just depends when. It has to be the right situation and the right time and the right score and all that stuff. I agree. I think he'll play no more than four games, but he'll play. Um, e. Greenwood, 1991. I have to answer this just for fun. How many times has Pinto shot his shot in my DMs? Um, no times. Shout out Pinto479. We love you. Um, Ethan Ellis, 24. He asked, which head coach is best at beer pong? I'm going to go ahead and assume it's Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Do you have any guesses? Oh, you know, does the former head coaches count? Brett Bielema? He might have been pretty good at <laughs> it. Um, but uh, I don't – current head coaches? I mean, yeah, Jimbo's probably a good good thing. I, I may, Maybe Coach O, maybe? Yeah, Coach O would definitely play a round of beer pong with recruits. <laughs> Um, J Matthews underscore Ted, what do you estimate this year's recruiting class will rank? Oof. This one is tough because there isn't too much that separates Arkansas from the top 25 right now. If they just had the quantity of recruits, they would be up there. But first of all, they need to get at least four more guys uh, just to get up to that level. But if you look at the top 25, there are just so many teams that already have 
a very large crop of four stars, which means it's going to be tough for Arkansas to get up there. They finished at number 20 last year, and that was with 13 four stars, which is a historic number for Arkansas. And there are, oof, I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling down. There are already, like, at least, oof, at least 25 teams with four more four stars, and Arkansas only has two right now. So that can actually change pretty quickly if you get Bryson Eason, Marion McDonald, Omari Thomas on board. That's that's three more four stars, so that's pretty good. But, you know, that's that's all a gamble. Omari Thomas is going to A&M this weekend. The trio from Whitehaven, that's that's pretty up in the air. Arkansas will have a lot of work to do on them uh, next weekend when they come for their official visit. But at least they finally offered McDonald. So I'm going to guess that Arkansas finishes in the top 30, but I, I'm just not sure they'll crack the top 25 this year. It's It's been a rough recruiting cycle. If you go to hogbeat.com, you can check out the Hogbeat big board and just look at the bottom. The bottom is where I put all the guys that used to be on the board and are no longer in the mix and have committed elsewhere. And if you read through there, I mean, Arkansas had a chance with a lot of these kids, like Colin Sullivan, a four-star wide receiver who ended up picking Purdue. I mean, Purdue. Why is Arkansas in a battle with them? That shouldn't happen. Anyways, next question. Uh, Delizandro asks, why do you think Chase Hayden doesn't feature more in the offense? I'll let you handle that one. Yeah, that's it's a good question. I think really the, th the number three back hasn't traditionally gotten a ton of carries in, in this offense. Uh, I figured he would get some more. I figure that Hayden really, I think they really prefer to have a between-the-tackles runner uh, in that spot. Uh, and Chase Hayden, he just, he just isn't that kind of running back. He dances a little bit too much. Uh, I, that's not to say that Chase Hayden isn't a talented running back. I, I think he is. I think he's very good. You just have to do some different things. You have to run him outside a little bit more. Uh, but, I mean, I guess the reason we haven't really seen him lately is because he's he's been hurt. He's been concussed. That's why he missed the last game. And I guess he suffered it in the game before that, so maybe that's why we didn't see him much. Uh, I guess it was the San Jose State game. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if maybe Devois, if for some reason you know, he wasn't in practice yesterday, if, if he isn't able to travel or isn't able to play, maybe we see a little bit more Chase Hayden. People have said he's maybe been a little bit more tentative since he had that big injury. Is yeah. That, do you think that plays I in? think that definitely plays into it because I, I, I believe it was a broken leg or something like that. I think that takes a little bit to, to get back from because that's, that's, a, that's a tough injury. Yeah. Next question. Um, Caleb Reinhardt 10 he asked chances on landing the Whitehaven trio and then a similar question from full tilt boogie 365 said did Tamarian try to commit to us back in the spring when he visited if so do you think he'll flip soon so for her for those not familiar with these guys so there are three four-star linebackers who all go to Whitehaven High School in Memphis Tennessee and Arkansas had been on uh, Bryson Eason and Martavius French, who are, I think, right next to each other in the Rivals' top top 250 rankings. Um, so they had wanted those two all along from the jump, and they were very much into it. Uh, they have close connections to both SJ Tui and um, John Chavis, and also to Kenny Ingram, who went to and coached at Whitehaven High School. Uh, so those two have been pitching a package deal with Tamarian McDonald, their third teammate, to everyone. Um, 
a ton of the offers that Tamara McDonald got were because schools were trying to get the other two. Uh, well, two weeks ago, Tennessee went to their game and offered Tamara McDonald, and they promptly went and visited Tennessee. And that prompted Arkansas to go, boom, panic mode. If we don't offer this guy, they're not going to come to Arkansas. So they offered him on Monday, and now they are all three scheduled to visit for the Auburn game. On their chances to land them, I don't think it's going to be that tough of a situation for Arkansas to fix. Um, you know, Tennessee hadn't shown to Marion a bunch of love before they offered him, so what, what's the difference between Arkansas offering one week later? Like, yeah, it, it doesn't look great from the outside, but uh, Tennessee basically did the same thing. They just decided to hit the panic button first. Um, to Marion, if he had been offered back in the spring, all three of them were absolutely looking to commit. That is what Martavius French told rivals while he was still on his visit here. He was like, yeah, if they offer him, I want to commit. We're going to all do it. And I was very excited. I had stories ready, and then it just never came to fruition. So if Arkansas can smooth things over next weekend, uh, I think they'll be in a fine place. Uh, my friend D Slay 20 he said Chad Morris is Judas that's not a question but I do think it's hilarious how salty SMU fans are that Chad Morris left them even though they are doing great with Sonny Dykes so um, think about it what head coach is not gonna make the jump from SMU to Arkansas that you I mean you'd have to be like an SMU alum or something yeah I mean you got a ton more money and you think it's you get a chance to prove you can coach in the SEC. Most coaches are like, hey, I'm good enough to do this. I mean, of course. Yeah, so, sure trying. Yeah, I mean, I, if I'm SMU, I'm happy with where I am, ranked for the first time since, like, you know, the Stone Ages. I mean, be happy. Yeah. Uh, who do you think is the next commitment for the Hogs? That's a tough one. Arkansas will have a bunch of guys here next weekend. Haven't gotten a final list. It's been changing up quite a bit, and even some guys have moved official visit dates. Um, that's tough because they've got all the in-state guys they want. Everyone else is still taking visits. So I, I'll go with a basketball guy. I'm going to say Jalen Williams. I think he could be one because he's already taken, oh, man, not, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Jalen Williams still has official visits to take at Auburn and A&M. Will he take them? I'm not 100% sure ever since they just offered Devontae Davis, who's one of his best friends and teammates, so we'll see. Um, are you very confident that Moody and Moore will be Razorbacks? Those are actually two of the in-state guys that I'm not that sure on because it seems like Chris Moore really likes Memphis. Um, I know that the coaches are there to see him today from Memphis, so that seems like it's a battle. and. If Memphis really wants him, I feel like he might go there, but we'll see. And then Moses Moody, um, now that Florida seems like they're out of the picture, they filled his spot with another guy uh, just last weekend. So Florida's out, but Ohio State and Michigan are still in play. So he'll be on his official visit here next weekend. Maybe that's a guy who commits first. We'll see. Um, awesome. Thanks, guys, for those questions. I honestly feel like I touched on a lot of recruiting stuff. Um, in this mailbag. So that's awesome, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week, of course. Hogs, Wildcats, is it 6.30? 6.30 on SEC Network. All right.
we'll be there with you on the trough, going through the highs and lows. We'll see what happens. Good luck, everybody. Life in the fast lane.